We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name's Justin, and today we are continuing with our spoiler review of Christopher Nolan's latest film, Tenet. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me as always, I have my co-hosts, Nate Shelton and Kevin Hudson, so let's get to it. Now, as I was mentioning, this episode is filled with spoilers, so if you have not seen this movie... Do not listen to this podcast. Stop listening right now because we're going to be talking about plot, characters, all sorts of stuff. Uh, So if you haven't seen the movie, it's not going to make sense. And quite frankly, you need to see a Christopher Nolan movie for it to make some sense because for us, we're, we're still trying to figure it out. So yeah, let's get right into talking about what we've been kind of like hinting at in our spoiler free portion is like this, this narrative, right, of time. So mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that he starts this movie with a uh, obviously what looks to be a, a terrorist attack in a, uh, a very predominant theater like environment as everyone sits in a theater to watch his movie. Also being the fact that, you know, uh, yeah. he, his one of his movies was it was victim of this uh, with Dark Knight Rises with the release. Uh, it's just interesting that he like, it's interesting that he incorporated an element like that, not thinking about that sort of thing. Um, maybe not being too concerned about it. I get it, but it startled me. And I think it's just such a vulnerable moment. Like it, you see people coming in, you know, they see these, these metallic doors closing to obviously lock them in so that they are in this theater experience. And then it just becomes, you know, pure chaos. And this is where we're obviously introduced to our main character played by John David Washington, who is only known as the protagonist. The protagonist. That is, yes. That's his name. That threw me off so much. Mm. That threw me off because literally at the end of this movie, I was like, wait a minute. What's the main character's name? Yeah. <laughs> Did they say it? Yeah, I know. Uh, we also have a cast rounded out with Robert Pattinson, uh, who plays Neil, Elizabeth uh, Debecki, who plays Kat, Kenneth Brogna, who plays uh, Sator, who's our, oh, yeah. our antagonist, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Unrecognizable. Yeah, right? I didn't yeah. realize that's who it was. Yeah, I didn't realize until like like halfway th- when he came back. Um towards the end when they were doing their pincer plan who plays Ives he's a military guy and then Clements what? yeah Clem- wait what? yeah unrecognizable I didn't know till after Clements that- Posey wow. Clements Posey plays yeah. Laura who's basically kind of like the Q in this spy espionage world the- right you would you would know her as Fleur Delacour from the Harry Potter right. series right. Fleur Delacour yeah yes. <laughs> right so this is where we're introduced to the protagonist after this first scene. And obviously we see that he is with a team infiltrating uh, this this base to kind of get uh, to get something right, which they obviously like see at the beginning. It was like, what were they trying to get? It wasn't until later that you understood what it was and things just go stir crazy for him. And yeah, I, I think that like from this point, you're just kind of thrown down this rabbit hole of like what is going on in this this world this nolan world and it becomes yeah. very expository very quickly and and can can we talk about that exposition because yeah absolutely. um you know we talked about inception and how you know some film critics might see 
the exposition in Inception as like the first and second act of that movie as a potential negative in the sense of just how sort of easy they make it for the audience and, and just talking. Um, I honestly felt like Inception did exposition uh, better than Tenet, 100%. in my opinion. That's why I feel right? like this. that's kind of why I gave this movie a seven rating. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that at the end of this, we don't understand everything. I almost think it's kind of interesting that it's a it's going to be a movie that benefits from multiple viewings just to understand all of the little facets, you know. Uh, and like it's it's funny to complain that there was too much handholding in a previous movie and then not enough in this one. You know, where does Nolan find the balance? You know, it's almost well, like he, he was can't great. win I think in that was regard. Great, though the amount of handholding he did in Inception to, to do the complexity, right? Like, I know critics would criticize that. I just feel like it, 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 with with in, with Inception, you know, at least the ending, it's a, it's a little bit more ambiguous. No, I think by the end of it, they explain what's going, what, what happened. It's just a matter of if you're able to understand it. And right. I'm certainly right. not going to go out and say that I was able to understand it. Mm. But I think the pieces are there that you can figure it out with enough time and thinking and and sure. whatnot i think it's there i think, I think that i want to watch this movie i think i want to get ev- like i want to get enough from the from the plot uh and from the exposition within two viewings maybe three viewings this feels like i need to watch it six times to really get all the details that no i think nolan is intending for people right. to understand and that's well, that's fine like i will watch this movie you know tons of times because i love all of his stuff but I do feel like the balance was off a little bit from that. Well, and I also think that time travel is so difficult and there yeah. are so many loopholes in these time travel movies that you can find that just scream, that doesn't work, that doesn't make sense, that's illogical. And I think what Nolan was trying to do was make the most logically sound time travel movie ever, perhaps. This is a time travel movie <laughs> And I think he's done it in a way that it's not simply you go back into a portal and you can do some stuff and change the future. He's showing how you can't go, you know, it's the grandfather principle. You can't go back in time to change something because then the future can't happen and therefore it can't happen. You know, and so this is the only way that time travel could even be theoretical in a sense. And that was well done. And so because it's so complex, because, you know, he really tried to make it grounded in reality as much as possible, it is going to be confusing and difficult to grasp and understand. And, you know, uh, so I'm not going to hold that against him, uh, Mm. but I definitely understand why, you know, it, 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 it leaves you almost wanting more. I can definitely understand and appreciate that. Sure. Mm -hmm. I I think like, you know, again, this ending felt more like memento where it was like, we were ending in the middle of the story, right? Like there was more that we needed to see where versus something like uh, inception that had this, you know, ambiguous ending with the spinning top or, you know, Dunkirk that has this sort of uh, emotional sort of resonance as, you know, Tom Hardy stands there with his plane burning. You know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like it almost feels like an ellipsis. Uh, fun fact, uh, the word tenant, we were talking about this title tenant uh, refers to 10 minutes forward and 10 minutes backwards as per the pivotal battle and the climax. That's really cool because it meets it's 10 and it meets in the middle. See, and didn't, that I, almost, didn't I say that before the movie? Yeah. 10, 10 is going to have wow. something to do with it because it's that uh, exactly. what, it's not an onomatopoeia, is it? Where it's the, the reverse. I don't know. 
That's really cool. You're though. an onomatopoeia. Anyways. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, you were right. That's what I wanted to share is that you were absolutely right. That 10 was going to play a factor in that. And I think that that's, that's essentially kind of what he is. He's always kind of, you know, 10 minutes forwards, 10 minute backwards kind of, it's, it's interesting. So I I don't know. I think that's really cool. I think the story, I, 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 there is a lot to, to unpack with that story and, and really getting to, you know, Sator's plan, um, you know, and understanding the algorithm and 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 all of this sort of stuff, uh, it 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 becomes it, you know parts of it are, are served to you in a, in in a in a sort of very digestible way, and then other things just I felt just kind of get lost. Like I think uh, from from watching a couple like recaps, a lot of people said that it started making sense in the middle, whereas I felt like it was making sense at the beginning. And then somewhere in the middle, I start I started to get confused because um, mm. I was trying to understand, like, uh, you know, the fact that the materials and the, and, and the, the things that they were finding, these artifacts had been inverted, which is why they worked backwards. Um, it was something that was almost like a part of this 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 material, um, like almost like a radiational sort of thing. Right. Um, right. And I, I think like to your point about getting lost, like throughout the the movie like you know to the point where i was like okay wait why are they going to get this art now why wait why why do they need to go and and chase this person in a car like i, I there were so many moments where i was just like the the end um not even the end goal for the movie but just the end goal for like a specific sequence was lost on me where i was just like i didn't feel connected to the character to be like okay i know what what our end goal is here whereas all the people on screen did yes and I, and I think the one thing that stands out is it, you, you, you draw, you, you bring up a really interesting part of the story where they're, you know, after this painting, but it's not after the painting as much as it is uh, getting into his vault because his vault yes. is what yeah. was the integral okay. part. And they knew that in his vault, this drawing would be there. So I, I think that that, like, to your point, it kind of deviated. I'm like, so now they're like doing an art heist, like in the middle right. of it but it was i liked it right <laughs> don't get me wrong i liked that moment right i didn't understand it right kev go ahead but, but isn't it i see i i find this funny i feel like i'm i'm almost going to be on the side of defending a movie for once against you two in a lot of ways because again it's not like you guys don't didn't <laughs> really really enjoy it but like um i i think it's almost better that you don't know why they're doing something until after it's kind of a neat thing rather than okay now they've got to get to point a now mm. they've got to get to point B, you know, kind of like a national treasure movie. You right. know, this one is like, wait, why are they doing this? Oh, for that. And now but why they, are they, they doing this? Oh, because they needed this, you they know. Talk, they do mention it and I just missed it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it was something. Oh, it's that's all what very I mean. quick and subtle and you can't exactly. unnecessarily hear it. And you can't hear because of the IMAX mix, no, right? Like, yeah. But again, like, they're again, also those saying those this situations. and this and this and this and this. And this. there's yeah. a lot of information to take in that, yeah. again, I don't think it's a bad thing that this not is just something you're going to want to watch again, but almost need to watch again. Oh, you need to. To yeah. really take it all in. Because you're sure. busy going, okay, what did he just say? And he's already said two more things. Right. And then now yeah. you've missed those. And, and you know, exactly. again, I think, yeah. I, again, I, I'm totally cool with the fact that he went, you are never going to be able to keep up with this movie, suckers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
you know, Inception, Interstellar, you can you can see these his films gradually get more and more um, sort of he, he starts to sort of let go a little bit for the audience. He starts to let their hands go. It's almost like he's he's you know, we're on a he's taking the training wheels off of our bike now. Right. Like he's 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 now saying, OK, I trust you, audience, enough. You're all Nolan fans, obviously. So enjoy enjoy this. And and hopefully you'll you'll be comfortable with everything that Nolan does um, into the point where it's confusing that you'll be okay with how confusing it is. Do you know what I mean? But I think, you know, with this story, because like we'll talk about characters, but it, it almost felt like to me that the characters serve the purpose more for us to be introduced into the world rather than actually serve a purpose. Uh, the only character 100%. that I think that we could actually say served a purpose and had an emotional resonance with us was Cat, uh, who has this very human sort of wanting to be with her son and, and, and a very core element, which I think you could pull from something like Interstellar, which is this love theme, uh, core value that stays very true to humans uh, beyond time, beyond space. Or even... Yeah, or even Cobb yep, and Mal. For sure. Cobb and Mal, from, right? And uh, his kids, or, right? Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So again, grounding it with some sort of human element that feels very connected to that. I'm not sure they don't have a purpose. I'm not sure that's the correct sort of way of phrasing that. I mean, every character well, mean has nothing. a purpose. But, I mean, I'm, I'm upset to learn that uh, Neil, you know, is basically off to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, I right. I, I I was attached. I liked his character. Sure, right. I really liked his character, and I thought that you know I felt for him and the bravery that that would require at, at the end of the day. Uh, I'm I, certainly Cat is the only one that has any sort of growth and emotional resonance to her. Um, yeah. But I mean, she benefited I think from the story. The characters all serve a purpose. They're all there for a reason, and they're all doing important things. You know. But there is very little sort of character development and growth amongst most of them. They're kind of just yes. who they are at the beginning or the end. They just know more about what's going on, essentially. And and we do, too, because right. of them. Right. And they're essentially a vessel for us to learn more about this world and what's going on and like the 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 parameters of, of what's happening and, and the danger of what's happening versus really as you said, Kevin, having any real full development, their purpose is really served to help help us as the audience understand where we are and what is going on. Um, which I think, which I think, for your side characters, that makes sense. I thought it was a strange choice for your protagonist, for your main character. Um, I like it. I don't need it? some mushy, gushy character growth every movie. I kind of like it. He's just a badass who's going through the. The grind, and you understand at the end why that is, you know. Well, let's 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 talk. Is it cool if we talk about those characters? So wait, then, I was actually with... gonna. Okay, yeah. So if you want, let's let's for, let's transition now into our characters. So as I mentioned yeah. uh, uh, before, we have John David Washington playing the protagonist, um, who I think like action and just composure yep. um, on screen was 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 amazing. I thought I thought he was great. He he really brought it for this for this role. Um, it's the most I've ever liked him. Yeah. Like I, I, he's great in ballers. Um, but like, and like, that's where I've known him from, like as, as playing the, you know, the, the cocky football player. As yeah. Part of, and uh, he's good in that crush. too, but yeah. I haven't really watched much of ballers. And then I really, really didn't like black Klansman. So it was hard for right. me to sort of like him in that. Right. Right. right, right. I would. So 
Yeah, like, okay, so John David Washington playing both the vessel for the audience, like we talked about, uh, and and our protagonist was kind of like um, a bullet flying in reverse throughout this film. I mean, he, he, was, he was consistent, he was sharp, uh, and his physicality in the action scenes were... They elevated the character so much, and you can see him. You can see him become more and more confident yes. in his decision making, mm-hmm. like that character, um, as the film goes on. And I think he does such a good job at representing that to the point where, at the beginning of the movie, like he's a military guy, like he know he knows his stuff. That's why he's being recruited. Um, but to see him even at that point elevate. Um, and I think again, his physicality and the way that he he chooses to portray um, the protagonist throughout the movie is is so well done to emphasize that. I just wish that I cared about right. him more. And I know Kevin that again, that might not be for you, or 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 maybe it's the fact that this is different that it maybe stood out to you a little bit more. Um, but for me, it it I didn't I couldn't say that I enjoyed it as much. Right, and I think it goes with the theme, right? You know, let's let's even go back like to uh you know inception we cared about cop yep. right and his goal yep. of what he was trying to achieve to get home to his kids right you know yeah in in interstellar with cooper you have you know his his desire to want to get back home to his kids uh even in dunkirk like each of the characters in the different timelines had you you felt connected to what they were trying to do i agree with you nate like this character really just felt very you know, uh, self-serving to the to the narrative to, to allow the audience to kind of be introduced to this world. I do think he was like a video game character that didn't talk. Yeah, you know what I mean. Obviously, he talked in the movie, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was meant to be you I and was, and the vessel yeah. so much that I I wanted him to be him. Now, at, at the end of the movie, when you know he and uh, Neil are are discussing yes. you know their past or their future or their present whatever it is felt that um you felt that like that's where you started to like really kind of and that's kind of like now i want to see that part like i know we're not you know i don't think no one's going to do a prequel to this movie or or a, a pre-sequel whatever we want to call but, it but like uh you know to see how neil would have been trained or would have been uh you know put through that process it'd be interesting to see right so i i i will say honestly neil was um he i love those moments like the moment where he's like no you'll you'd prefer diet coke and and you know i feel like that moment was great and there were some other moments where they sort of traded banter which was great for building that character development between the two of them but i just feel like there were probably four or five other moments like that that i didn't catch and because of that, I I wasn't I was impacted at the end because of how phenomenal I think Pattinson pulls off that role. But I just wasn't I wasn't as devastated by it. Like I need to cry. Let me cry. <laughs> see, but the whole point is we don't see that ten years of friendship blossom, right. and that's the whole point. Yeah. It happens later and off, and we'll never see it. You know, and that's the whole point of it all. And while it doesn't connect with you, that is the point, is that we mm. we don't understand why he knows so much about him and, we, and we'll never get to see that friendship blossom, you know? But I think the small portion of their adventure that they went on gave me enough of a sense that they make a pretty cool team. I thought there was enough 
given what was the what was actually happening. It, this wasn't a buddy tale. This wasn't anything like that, right? It kind of felt like though at times like a buddy cop sort of thing, right? Like a sure, you know, but again, it's not thing. your traditional. Let's see the reluctant partners become friends and overcome right. their crisis. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Robert Pattinson killed it as this character. Yes. I love. Yeah, like yeah. it's in the trailer, but that scene when when uh, the protagonist looks at Neil and says, "You you want to cr- crash a plane?" and he's like, "Well, you know, on the ground, you don't need to be so dramatic, right?" Like he just <laughs> like so yeah. like it felt. He doesn't necessarily like he's obviously British, but like this was a different kind of British that he talks like not his kind of British. But it was but almost South expect- African. It was. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. interesting. But he he almost reminded me of like he could play a younger like Michael Caine. Like it just how he said it. Yeah. Like it was just or it was awesome. It's, I was it's even the thinking, Tom Hardy. Um, it's the Tom that's Hardy. That's what I was gonna yes. say. Yes, you gotta yes. dream bigger, darling. Right, yes. darling. And, yes. And this movie for me is that. For Pattinson. I've never really seen him in anything. You know, I haven't yeah. seen The Twilights and I haven't seen his, you know, his other more critically acclaimed stuff that's sort of given him a, a growing reputation. Um, so for this, for me, was like the Tom Hardy, you know, debut and that I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch this guy in another movie now. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think he was so charming. Um, and and really, like, it speaks to how charming he was that, again, at the end, even though I didn't feel as connected, I still was like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, he's got to go die. He's been doing this whole thing to die. And you can you could see it in his performance. One of the coolest things that I think he did was he really did a great job of looking like he had things under control without giving up his hand. You know what I mean? Like, he did that. And, and obviously, you only sort of th- you realize that throughout the movie. But thinking back to some of the earlier scenes of the film... I, I really, you know, admired, or I, I, I admire now at least, um, how, how yeah, he was able to really kind of portray that aspect of like, he, he knew what he was talking about, he was confident, um, but he wasn't, he wasn't giving everything away. There was still that mystery. Yeah, yeah but of I, course he had to be confident because he knows whatever they're doing is going to work or else he wouldn't right. be there to make it work, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, to reveal halfway through that you know he was you know that neil had was part of this militarist team that was aware of this right because he couldn't tell the protagonist anything right and he, like you he, know and, and and you saw the moments too right like when they're in the freighter on their way through back to the to the airport they're talking about uh the plutonium at the U, the ukrainian opera whatever i think it was ukraine at the beginning, the basically the the show, right? And he said he references it, and you know the protagonist looks at him and says, "How do you know about that?" Right? Because he thought he was the only one that he, right. that he knew. Like that should have been like a dead hint that like was that you? Was that you? That that it was that, in that, plain that was... sight the whole time. Amazing, <laughs> right? Like, which right? is super cool. But I thought, but yeah. but at that moment when he said that, I knew it was him. I knew it was him that was there that saved his ass, but I didn't know that it was going to be this like, oh, you were the one that recruited me like 10 years ago kind of thing, right? So, oh, yeah, the, the final cool. review, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, final yeah. Reveal the final reveal at the, at the end, like, yeah. I knew it was going to be, like, I knew it was him that was going to be that guy with the little orange tag on his bag. Um uh, if we're gonna shift gears here and talk about Kenneth Brodnick plays Satur. Oh, he plays it to the tits. Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm not usually a crazy man. I like I liked him in Harry Potter. I think he played the best representation of a Russian villain that I think I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, maybe on ever. Maybe yeah. ever. 
Like, like he, he was, was he was terrifying. He was scary and real. Like he was yes. a real dude, but was also like when he yelled, I like the the few times where he really like screamed, I was like, whoa! Yeah, when he dude. struck her and and like he you know he kicked her and he like. You know, and like there was that, that spittle coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and then he, he wanted spits to, like, on her. I like when, like, he, I, you know, he, like, wanted to step on her face, but he stopped himself because he, you know, he has that, like, heart heart monitor thing. He doesn't want to get too, too worked up. But he knew, like, you know, he, he was, he, he, he could have gone. And, and just those little bits of nuance of how he, like, really committed to that role. He did a really great job. I thought it was interesting, though. Like, it was known that he was going to be in the movie, but yet there was this, like, subtle, like, hidden like they didn't want to show who this character yeah they was sort right of they the sort bottom. of revealed him yeah they revealed him yeah they like sort of revealed like even him. even to the point where it was a bit cheesy like the camera panned to the left and then it was like the music was like bah, bah, bah. <laughs> like obviously not like that right no. but like it felt like that I, I get what you're saying to the point where like when kevin brana came on screen like i immediately like looked over at justin <laughs> to see like to see your reaction of course you didn't look back but whatever yeah exactly i was watching the movie <laughs> uh but yeah i thought it was interesting to kind of to reveal him, even though he was announced to be in, like, it was, he was on the cast list, right? So it was like, of course he was going to be this guy. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, thinking about what did you guys think of, like, how, how his, what his, his, I guess, his mission, what he was out to do? Did you think that threat it, made sense to you? Or, like. So for as much as, for as much as he was able to portray someone who was r- very real, I, that was one part that did feel a little super villainy to me, like the whole aspect of like, I'm going to take the whole world with me. It's like, okay, like that's worse than Thanos. You know, that's 50% worse than Thanos there, right? So like, like it, to me, it was just a little bit, it was a little bit, uh, it was it was really grandiose compared to, again, what we're used to with Nolan, where I don't really think we've had anybody that's threatened to destroy literally everything on the planet. But when you so to, but when you get the motives behind when you find out the motives behind it, right? Not So he's dying. And so if he can't have life, nobody can. And then, you know, they ask him, like, but what about your kid? And it's like the future is no place that I want my kid to be growing up anyways. I'm mm. doing him a favor. Right. He knows mm. what the future has in store. And it's basically humanity's going to end anyways because the destruction that the human race has done is irreversible. And so if it's going to end, why not have it be me that does it, you know? And then I he guess. says, because I'm a god, right? Like, very, yeah. very James Bond super villainy, but again, yes. still grounded yes. in in reality enough that it didn't throw me off too much. I, I, I think okay. I think that's the, you hit it right there. And I, that's what I was getting at is that his motive and prerogative felt very James Bond uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. villain, right? Like, and but I, I think and I, he, I think Nolan drew from that a little bit for sure. And well, he, he went he on does the record of, of saying stuff. that, you know, James Bond and spy movies were a huge influence on him as a, as a filmmaker and obviously a huge inspiration to this whole uh, narrative that he's, he's, he's put here with this, you know, element of time. Um, but yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson as uh, the military, I guess the military head guy um, who, who's basically leading this, this, uh, what do they call it? Time pincer. Uh, the double the pincer. Yeah, yeah. The double pincer, which uh, very interesting. I, I, I like that. I, I understood just, you know, one team moving forward, another team moving backwards. 
Um, I thought Aaron was like surprising. He was, it was surprising to see him in it. I didn't know he was in the movie at all. Um, that beard. I didn't even know it until now. Like unrecognizable. (laughs) Yeah. He was unrecognizable. And I thought, and like, so to find out after that it was him and I just loved his character. No nonsense. Cracks a joke without a smile on his face. Like I just thought Mm -hmm. he was like one of my favorite sort of smaller characters. And I feel like besides maybe Neil, I feel like he might've been the only other character that, fully knew what he was doing. Well, he was <laughs> you know the, what I mean? Like hundred percent. Honestly, I enjoyed Elizabeth Debicki. Uh probably I think she might have been one of my favorite characters in the movie. And again, it's because she felt like a character that actually had real growth and and connectivity through emotion like we talked about, right? right. Um to your point, like again, Neil, um the protagonist, even Sator they were more cogs um, in, you know, in the story rather than fully realized people, which, right. again, felt like a step back from something like like Cobb and Maul and, 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 and from Interstellar, right? And so I think um, she did a really, really fantastic job. And that, that moment, you as the audience realizes that she was jealous of herself the entire time. The moment where she jumps off the boat, at the same time that she's becoming sort of enthralled or trapped she's also becoming free at the same time. And that, for me, was like, whoa, this was so cool. I feel like that that hit me harder because I cared so much about her. Well, it's also interesting. That moment is also the moment that started the descent in that yep. her jealousy over this other woman prevented them from being able to reconcile. And, you know, it's just, there were so, so cool. it was such an impactful moment. It, it was just great. It was great. Yeah, I think that... Uh that was probably the resonating part of her of her character was that realization that she was the one that jumped off that boat um and now she gets to go off and now she gets to go live happily ever after with her kid yeah exactly yeah dude yeah and i I, and i I even love i even loved happily ever after like the idea of her just making that phone call and leaving the phone message for for the protagonist to be able to like protect her in the future right like that's so cool (laughs) yeah uh, just quick shout out to Michael Caine. Uh, you know, yeah. we were talking about it after and there's oh, a yeah, line Michael where Caine, it's yeah. like, you know, nice to see you or, you know, thank s- you, you know, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Mr. Or uh, Sir, Michael, Sir Michael. And, and, you know, and that was that felt like a very sort of Chris yeah. thanking, you know, Michael for sort of helping. If that's the last time we saw him, it, it, it wasn't a long cameo, but it was he was just as charming as ever. Even yeah. just the way he gives him the credit card and says you got to look the part. Like, it was just, it was a really nice, simple little moment. To your point, he, he served his purpose uh, by obviously giving us a little bit more expository information about who Satur was and Kat and this whole other sort of where he needs to go for his next part of his mission. To see him and, and to have him consistently uh, in these movies, either as a key role or as a side role or as just a voice, um, you know, that is a constant collaboration between Nolan and, and uh, Michael Caine that has gone on for several movies. So it's nice that it's nice that if they, you know, in this one, at least if it is a send off for him that and it does, to your point, feel like a send off. Uh, they referred to him as uh, Sir Michael um, just to yeah. kind of, you know, pay that homage and that uh, note to him as well. So I think that's yep. really great. Moving from characters, I thought maybe we could talk about some favorite moments. Nate, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, 
Sure. Yeah. Well. Okay. So some, some of your favorite moments, like I'll give you, I can give you like two, maybe. Well, I think I've already mentioned one of them, so I'll give you three. Obviously, um, you know how mind blowing it was to see that reveal of uh, Elizabeth Debicki's cat jumping off the boat again. That was such a. I was honestly, it felt like a fist pumping moment for me, at least. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that and the way that they, the way that they shot it, the way that they pulled that off. Um, I think. The only other two that I, that really stood out for me, and I think they might be on your list as well. Um, one of them would have to be the uh, the fighting scene in the hallway um, with the incredible mm-hmm. backwards fighting. Like I don't even know how they did that, um, but that was honestly uh, such a fantastic moment. And I honestly think it was a fantastic moment the first time, and it was equally as fantastic. The second time, yeah. if not more so. Well, yeah, like there's. I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up. So I'll just tag on to you. No, there's go for it. Yeah. one moment, and so the first time he's fighting uh, the SWAT guy in the mask, and he yes. does this weird thing where he's on his back and he like uses his feet to pull himself towards the protagonist, oh. and it looks oh. so weird. But then when you see it, you know, inversed and from his perspective, you realize he's actually scooching backwards and pushing backwards towards the gun and i just think overall the way they did the because again it's not backwards right but it's instead of like people are when they're you know inverted they're not walking backwards and doing everything backwards but they're doing everything against the flow of time and the way that these people physically demonstrated that by like moving in such weird it, i just thought the physicality of the actors to pull off such a unique spin on sort of going reverse through time was great in that one little moment where you know you see the the scooching and just the flips and the it was it was awesome it was definitely awesome was so cool yeah. and then um i would also say like dude the plane crash right like that that massive plane the fact that they they actually did that um, I think was super super cool and just like the the again we talked about the physicality of John David Washington the physicality of using that plane and seeing the things get crushed and and seeing it go through the building um, I thought that was such a cool moment and I loved 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 seeing um, I can't remember the actor's name but the guy from yesterday <laughs> was in this movie um, oh, yeah, he helping great. them pull Amish off that Patel, moment yes, right he was yeah, excellent Amish Patel, Amish Patel. Yeah. And uh, and then some other uh, gentlemen as well, but like the just seeing how smoothly they pulled that off, where he's like he goes in and there's that bit of comedy where he's like he's like does that look like meat or vegetables to you? Can you take? A-? And then he like immediately just grabs them and and takes them out. And the, the way that they get off the plane as it's still moving and then just start like walking backwards into the crowd as if like they're like oh my gosh what's happening like. I thought that was a whole. That whole sequence was really, really well done. Those yeah. poor pilots, eh? They just huck them off down that slide, and you see them hit the <laughs> that ground first guy and really tumble. Aged. Oh, yeah, he yeah. ate it, man. Like he just. And like, I bet you that was a physical, practical stunt, you know. So just to That's give you guys crazy. a little perspective on that, I don't know if you guys, yeah, knew this, but uh, Tenet actually has under three hundred, under three hundred visual effects shots uh, in wow. the entire movie. Also put it into perspective a little bit more. Endgame yeah. uh, has over 2,000 visual effects wow. shots. there you go. Interstellar you go. and yeah. Batman both had about 620. Inception had about 500. The Dark Knight Rises had 450. So this is literally one of these least uh, visual effects focused um, uh, movies 
which is obviously That's something really we cool. knew about about him. He doesn't necessarily like to use overly use uh, CGI and, and visual effects. He will obviously if it makes sense. But um, you know, and like Nate, you mentioned the airplane, and like you know, and how we're saying that Nolan just keeps upping his game. You know, we thought the 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 truck actually flipping in Dark Knight was something. You know, and he's like, <laughs> right. I'll up that. I'll crash an actual giant freighter plane into a building. You know, so. So apparently Dude. they were originally going to just do it as a miniatures, right? Like that's how they tend to do a lot of these things. So he was planning oh. to do this airplane crashing into a hangar with miniatures. It ended up becoming so expensive that it was actually cheaper to just buy the plane and blow it up. <laughs> I'm like, wow. How? Like that's crazy to think that, you know, the miniature would cost so much more that I just it blew my mind a little bit. I was like, I wow. could almost imagine. I could I could almost imagine the scene where uh, Neil is talking to the protagonist, and you already mentioned it, and convincing him of the plan to like drive a plane into the airport. I could almost imagine that being like brought from real life experience for Christopher <laughs> well, Nolan, exactly like yeah, talking yeah, yeah. talking to like some of the other like production, like and just being like, "This is really what we have to do." And right, exactly. Like, and and as good as miniatures look, because miniatures. Are, it's amazing how they're able to use tricks to trick us and, and deceive us. Yeah. But you you felt that. It was real. That was a real plane crashing into something. It was so it good. was such a massive practical effect that I'm glad they went that way. Yeah, for sure. Super I think cool. that that helped uh, really sell that scene, obviously, that much more. Um, and it was immersive with the IMAX uh, film. Um, yeah, Nate, uh, as you were saying, Nate, like that action scene in the hallway was probably one of my favorites as well. Um, yeah. As well as the whole end battle, like to see some of the stuff happening backwards. That was cool. Like the building that's like being rebuilt and then blown up again. Like it was like blown and then it's like being rebuilt and the camera's panning up and then it's blowing up again. Like it's, it was, it's pretty insane to see all the sort of like to be so cognizant of all of the time elements in a battle do you know what i mean like whose bullets are going forward whose bullets are going backwards like and who's in a weird way visually it reminded me of starship troopers like just i don't know what it was maybe it's the outfits that they were all wearing yeah Yeah, yeah. like it kind of reminded me visually of that that um yeah no for sure hey (laughs) classic there (laughs) um i was surprised i know of it um but yeah no i think like (laughs) i think it it um that battle scene was super cool to kind of see the way that it was ending at the same time. I did start to pick up um, that very moment that we saw the car driving towards them honking like crazy. I was like, okay, that's either the protagonist or that's Neil somehow doing that. Yes. Right. And yeah. in, in that moment. Yeah. And it, it was, it was that it, it, it's interesting kind of what you said earlier, Justin, about how people mentioned they were picking this film up at the middle. I definitely wasn't. I definitely was starting to be like, okay, now I get what they're doing. And like, this was like right at the end of the movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The battle sequence at the end was really, really well done. Like that I found as an overall thing, like the action, it was thrilling. It was very, very thrilling and i think that that's something that he he nails really really well uh with how he integrates action into his you know overall very complex narrative and still doing it to service the narrative right still doing it in a way that doesn't feel like action for action's sake still doing it to further emphasize the idea of time reversing backwards that car chase scene man like that again like these are moments where like some of them i saw in the trailers and i was still very much like 
this is awesome. Like watching it, I was like, this is so cool. I've not seen this before. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, all the action sequences were really well done. Uh, Definitely the second time at the hangar was my favorite. Just, again, seeing the scene again from a different perspective, that's one of my favorite aspects of a time travel movie. You know, they see as they're leaving the hangar, in the amb- uh, in the ambulance and then see themselves running in like that was yeah. so cool um even in the final battle you mentioned you know uh Neil Pat uh, you know Pattinson's character gets in the car and it's him who's honking at them like those moments where you're seeing the same thing from different perspectives is always is always really really enjoyable and i, I got to tell you i have i can't remember a time where i was so tense where he's in the car and he's reaching for the brake and i was like gripping my seat as he was getting closer and closer to the stop traffic. Like I felt sick to my stomach. Like I was in that car about to crash. Like, you know, Nolan just has such a gift of filming things that are so believable that I got sucked right into that, that moment. Yeah. I was, I was terrified for a split second. He definitely knows how to like really create tense, tense moments through cutting. Everything is just, it's, it's all very intricate with how you, you, you kind of like get really tense into that moment. It's, it's very well done. Um, yeah, good, good call out for that one. Uh, how about you, Just? Any, any other standout? No, they were, those were all, had? those were all the ones you guys mentioned were the ones that I, I, that stood out for me. Yeah, so. I think, I think we're all kind of on the same page in that the I, action. I think generally, was yeah, like generally, amazing. like as I said, like the action is, is the highlight of, of, this movie as much as the story is ambitious the action sequences are are incredibly ambitious and they just add to the to the overall narrative and and the complexity of it um and serve it as you were saying nate it serves it really 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 well yeah you know I, i feel like you know kind of the way we've looked at kind of reviewing this talking about you know high level the story getting into some characters and and obviously highlighting favorite moments you know i think this is a good way for us to kind of talk about those the things that really stood out uh from this movie but you know what are your final thoughts overall i mean again this is going to take multiple viewings to fully and i don't know if i'll ever fully understand quite what's going on i i'm not much of a science guy so i'll probably never really grasp the sort of scientific principles and theories he's he's sort of utilizing here uh but i'm hoping after a couple times i can at least understand how you know, the narrative part of those theories sort of really functions. Um, yep. But I'm okay with that. I'm 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 fully on board with a movie that if it's well done and enjoyable, that I have to watch again just so I can appreciate it even more. Um, I think the one, one, one negative that I have is the same that we all had, and it's uh, the audio was um, was lacking in 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 certain aspects, and I wonder. Yeah, and I wonder if if watching it at home on a less you know bassy and and sort of resonating uh, sound system, you might be able to hear the dialogue just a bit better. That and that'll only sort of help. Uh, Nate, your final thoughts on uh, on Tenet? Yeah. Um, so I mean, overall, I think the story is fantastically original, while being still familiar for Nolan fans. Um, and it, you know, it all, it does all this while still providing the necessary ingredients for a big blockbuster film, similar to what Inception did, um, about a decade ago. Uh, it's absolutely stunning to look at. Again, shout out to, uh, 
Hoyt Van Hoytema, which is always a fun name to say. Um, and the soundtrack is capable of holding its own against Zimmer and Julian. Um, I just wish the film held my hand a little bit more to make me feel the impact of what I think is a very strong script. Um, instead, I'm left deciphering the complexity of this movie while trying to understand the protagonist's goal in each scene for about 75% of its runtime. Uh, it's his boldest movie to date, uh, which I think works both for and against the film, in my opinion. Um, and while I can't say it's my favorite Nolan film, um, I think we said it best in our Nolan review episodes that even his lesser films are still phenomenal right and i i do believe that this is this is true for tenet as well yeah uh, well said it is a bold movie it is nolan in 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 its tradition of what it deals with and and, and how it does i do wish that the movie could have helped me understand a little bit more of the complexities of it um i i don't mind something that has me thinking and, and guessing but i like something that kind of can still provide the same amount of information while also trusting me to understand other aspects, yeah. um, which I think Inception did did really, really, really well, um, and 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 obviously uh, other movies like Interstellar, right? Like I think Interstellar does does do it to a certain degree very well. Like the science actually makes sense. Again, very bold in terms of a narrative, and I I think Nate said it best. It it, it works that works for it and against it, in in both aspects. Very ambitious action scenes were were very enjoyable, and they just keep getting better, and and they're thrilling beyond beyond all means so um overall this this movie is not my favorite but it's definitely not the worst movie he's done and i don't really I, like we were saying before there's not really a, a worst movie there's just movies that you would choose over others i don't know if i would choose this as over another movie it definitely isn't in my top three but i would just say if if you're a nolan fan whether you oh. whether you're comfortable seeing it in the theaters that's up to you but this is if you're an Nolan fan, you're going to appreciate you have to see it. aspects of it, and you, yeah, you have to see it. If you're a Nolan yeah. fan and you appreciate what he does, you have to see this movie. It's it's like it's it, it's it's a must, um, and and that I would I, I wholeheartedly agree with, right? Even if you you can say what you want, like you have your opinions about the movie after, but you have to see it to really uh, fully understand what we're talking about <laughs> well yes <laughs> so um but yeah i don't even understand what we're talking about <laughs> well that's it for us guys thank you so much for tuning in for our full spoiler review of tenet if you've seen the film and you want to share your own thoughts uh with us please feel free to do so uh by hitting us up on our email at uh, wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com but for now, that's it. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcast. Five stars is the minimum that you can give us there. So please rate, review, and let us know what you think. As always, we are Geekcentric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt. And of course, check us out on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. And for all those gamers out there who love to use Twitch, be sure to check Nate out on his channel, twitch.tv slash nateplaysgames. Join us next week as we will be doing another movie review for Disney's latest film. And of course... I'm talking about Mulan, so be sure to tune in for that. But until then, as we say, love ya. Stay home or go out safe. Peace.